Hey guys, what's up? It's Allison. Welcome to episode two of the third season of Allison Interviews. I am over the moon excited about this very special and very different episode. I have been following this YouTube channel called Channeling Eric now for, I would say, a good five or six years. I stumbled upon it on YouTube. I don't even know how, but I was absolutely blown away when I started listening to this woman, Elisa Medus, and she was working with a very talented medium at the time who channeled her 20-year-old son who had crossed over into spirit. His name is Eric, and therefore her YouTube channel is called Channeling Eric, and that's Eric with a K, Channeling Eric. That's the name of the YouTube channel. And Eric was being channeled through a medium, and he was actually describing his own passing and his own crossing over into spirit. And the detail was just so exquisite and so vivid that I was absolutely just hooked. And first of all, I subscribed to the Channeling Eric YouTube channel and I started going to the blog, which is Channeling Eric, Eric with a K, channelingeric.com, and really just started listening and watching all of these videos where Eric, her son, who had crossed over, was being channeled through all of these amazingly talented mediums. And providing all kinds of insights and information about the afterlife, about being in spirit, about what it's like on the other side. And I'm not talking about general platitudes. I'm talking like the real deal juicy details. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're just absolutely, your jaw is on the floor and you just feel like you've tapped into something that is beyond what we can experience here in the physical world. And I know that these days, this subject matter has obviously become a lot more mainstream. You had John Edward doing his show Crossing Over in the early 2000s. You've got Teresa Caputo doing the Long Island Medium, and so many more people are just open to the fact and the idea that there is so much beyond this physical world and our five senses. And I personally find it extremely comforting and just beyond fascinating. And before we get started with the episode, I want to introduce who I'm interviewing. So I'm interviewing Eric's mom, Elisa Medus, and along with her is a very talented medium named Michelle Gray. Now, Michelle's website, for anybody who's interested, is thehealingheart.com. So that is thehealing-h-a-r-t.com. And like I said, you could go to the Channeling Eric YouTube channel, you could go to channelingeric.com and really learn more about this and follow them because they're just absolutely incredible. And after you watch this episode, I know you guys are going to want to know more. So Elisa actually wrote a book about her experience losing her son and him crossing over into spirit. And the book that she wrote that was published by Simon & Schuster is called My Son and the Afterlife. And Eric actually authored a book that was channeled through a medium. And that book is titled My Life After Death, A Memoir from Heaven. Both books are a must, must, must read. So without any further ado, I bring you Elisa Medus and a very talented medium that she works with, Michelle Gray, and they will be channeling Eric for us on this episode. Enjoy. I first want to start by telling you how I found you several years ago. 
This is the craziest thing. I mean, I love the resource that YouTube is. I'm constantly typing in different things that I want to learn about. I, I almost use it like my, my college, you know, I'm constantly like, what do I want to learn about today? And I'll type it into YouTube and see what comes up. And I think it was maybe back in 2015 that I don't know how I stumbled upon the video where Eric was being channeled at the time it was through Jamie Butler and yes. he was describing his own crossing over into yes. spirit. I don't know if that one was a video or just an audio recording, but I remember being just so unbelievably like transfixed mm. and I just could not believe the information that was being shared. I just had to know more. So I subscribed to your channel and I started looking at your blog and really following this whole journey with you and your son and how he's being channeled through certain mediums like Michelle and only the best ones, only the best ones. And I don't know if you want to start by just giving a little bit of the backstory behind the channeling Eric YouTube channel for people that don't know. All right. Well, uh, many years ago, uh, it seemed like yesterday, Eric took his own life, 20 years old. He had uh, bipolar disease and it was really rough because that is the worst thing that can happen to a human being to lose a child. Mm -hmm. And I was a bit at a disadvantage because being a doctor, I was all into science, you know, and I was taught to think that for something to really exist, you had to perceive it with one of your senses or measure it with an instrument. Right. Right. And I couldn't do that with Eric. And furthermore, my two parents were both militant atheists. I mean, I was not ever an atheist. I knew there was something more, but I really didn't dwell on it. You know, so, I mean, my father, his first words to me when I was screaming on the phone, Eric's dead. He said, sorry, Lisa, he's going to turn to dust. That was his words of comfort. Wow. It's okay. He's gone now. Thank God. He was a horrible person. But anyway, that I need to tell you that because three days after Eric's death, I get a call from my father, very bad, I will say evil man. And he sounded so panicky. He said, you know, at least I don't know what's going on. I was sitting in my chair reading my Wall Street Journal. And all of a sudden, I put the paper down and there's Eric standing in front of me like he's in the flesh. And then he morphs into his little boy self and crawls up into my lap and whispers into my ear, things come in threes in Spanish. My father's from Spain. I'm so startled. I don't know what to believe. So I'm telling you because I told you what my father said. When yeah. I, okay. So this is not a guy that's going to say that to me to give me hope to make me feel better. Okay. It really happened. As I started reading everything I could about near-death experiences and parallel dimensions and quantum physics. And oh my God, I got books and books. The bookshelves are sagging with all the stuff, controlled studies on mediums, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Another time, uh, same time, my eldest daughter, who was a first or second year medical student at the time, decided to create a blog for me because she knew, I know mom, mom heals best when she helps others. So she created the Channeling Eric blog. I mean, okay, what's a blog? And so it, it first started out as a place where I could allow people to share their own pain from any loss and feel loved and supported by the other community members. And then after I ran out of books to read, I decided well, parents sometimes call mediums, you know, I used to think, well, psychics are like gypsies hunched over crystal balls. Mom will give her a whirl. Sorry, Michelle. But anyway, so I. I no shade. No shade. Well, <laughs> we actually had a friend that happened to be a psychic and medium 
but she had major heart surgery, so I couldn't wait that long. So I, somebody gave me the name Jamie Butler. I gave her my credit card number, my name. That's it. And she started talking about, well, there's this young man here who says he's your son. And she was at her parents' house sitting on the floor next to her bed, taking the call. And he said he took his life and described what gun he, they used a gun, where he was sitting at his desk and what kind of gun he used. He was wearing one of those baseball shirt, the three quarters colored sleeves, white Mm -hmm. rest. And he curses like a sailor. So yeah, I said, well, that is definitely Eric. So we continued to have sessions. And at first they were like very personal, you know, what could I have done? Did I do anything wrong? Right. Uh, Did you hurt? All that kind of stuff. But then I started gathering stuff for the blog members about death. What what is death like crossing over? What's the afterlife like? Have you met God? What is God like? What is time like over there? Just all sorts of stuff. You just started asking Jamie questions, just generally speaking about the spirit realm. Yeah. What their senses like, their emotions, do they change? Does the body change? And we transcribed an entire book about well, it's called A Memoirs from Heaven, My Life After Death. And yeah, the first thing he said when he first crossed over, he first met my deceased niece, but then he looked down at his body and said, oh my God, where's my dick? <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I don't, now, the publisher before. said, we need to change that to penis. I said, no, we're not. <laughs> what is that? Because that's and what a 20-year-old would say. Of course. It was yeah, very sure. for a 20-year-old guy. But anyway, so... Then he started pulling pranks on me and my family and blog members. Like one of the first blog members I remember was this young man from Ireland, Damien. And uh, Eric just appeared to him and said, hey, dude, I bet I know how far away your girlfriend is. And she was like in Canada or something. And he never saw a ghost before, a spirit before. So he kind of freaked out. Okay. And he gave him the number and Damien figured out, yep, that was right. So apparently Eric got into a little bit of trouble for that. Didn't you, Eric? You're not supposed to do that, but he does pranks all the time on people. He will leave EVPs on the radio shows and maybe he'll leave one here. And those are where you can hear it's not, well, when you're in spirit, you don't have a voice box, but can you explain what that is for people who don't know? Yeah. You don't hear it live. Like one of the first was I was on the radio show and the host called me the next day and said, oh my God, I hear something that didn't, we did not hear live. And I go to the timestamp and Eric goes, minions i mean like that that loud and then jamie chuckles and says he's calling them minions i don't remember what it was about but Mm -hmm. i mean he does it all the time the evp experts are just amazed by the clarity of of eric's evps when you were first doing these early medium sessions with jamie who was the first medium that you ever worked with what was that one moment where you thought oh my god it's really my son eric this is the real deal Yeah, the first, she did not know any information. Nobody knew what he was wearing or the kind of gun he used or where he Mm -hmm. was sitting. I knew then. And also, you know, the cursing, you know, he likes (laughs) F-bombs a lot. But So what's so interesting is, and I think you and I had actually had a private email exchange because I had reached out to you and said, I'm an entertainment journalist. I do a lot of celebrity interviews with people who are alive in the flesh. And I'm such a fan of your channel. And there's a couple of questions that really resonate with me. And one of them is, what do you think you came into this life to learn? And what do you think you came here to teach? Which is when your son, Eric, is being channeled through various mediums like Michelle, who we're going to get to in a second. 
and you guys do these celebrity interviews, celebrities and newsmakers or public figures who have crossed over. That's mm-hmm. one of the questions that you ask. And I wanted to start asking that question and I didn't want to do it without your permission. So I wrote to you yeah. and I asked, can I have your permission to ask that question? Yes, of <laughs> course. <laughs> this is all to be shared. But, you know, these celebrity interviews, it's we don't intend for them to be voyeuristic or salacious. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I want to learn from them because they are uniquely in spirit, but we're human. And so they can compare and contrast. So, I mean, I have learned a lot from so many that we mm-hmm. have channels. So that's the purpose is just to learn more about spirituality and about the human experience. So Michelle, you are one of the mediums that appears on the Channeling Eric YouTube channel, and you bring through Elisa's son, Eric, who is now in spirit. And the concept of channeling Eric is that your son, Eric, is channeled through various talented mediums, and he brings forward all kinds of fascinating information, as well as sometimes public figures who have crossed over. So Michelle, how do you, what is your process? How exactly do you connect with Eric? Do you feel him? Do you see him? Do you hear him? How does that work exactly? I primarily feel him. That's how I first started connecting with him was through feeling. I do see him, but how I see him is in my third eye. So I'll see him as images. I do see very often like lights out of the corner of my eyes and images. So for example, he's right here. So you'll notice I'm over just a little bit and anybody that's clairvoyant will be able to see him standing, touching the back of my head. So he's standing right here. So I can see when I look into the camera view, I can see his image. I can almost see like the outline of where he's standing. So my process is what I'm best at is feeling. So I know what his energy feels like. I've worked with him long enough now that I know it's just a matter of my intention. So when he comes in, it's either me calling him or him calling me coming in. I know it's him by how he feels, but the feeling the more you work with it. And I didn't understand this earlier in life. Like I understand this now, but I didn't understand I was always doing this. But the more you practice with it, that feeling turns into a language. So it's also, I'm clairaudient as well, but I hear through imprinting. So what Eric does is when he's talking to me, he's dropping thoughts. He's dropping imprints. So when we have conversation and as a viewer, a viewer is looking at it and saying, Okay, like, are you talking back and forth as if you're hearing his voice? And I do hear his voice sometimes, but primarily it's like my thought with his, we'll say his signature to it. It's his Ericness, I call it. He'll drop that in with a lot of images and it's over time. It just kind of all works together. Can you distinguish between your own thought and a thought that Eric is kind of impressing upon you? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you tell the difference exactly? Usually it's by the answer, but I it's practice. It's a lot of work and a lot of practice of understanding my own belief systems. And that's something that he taught me. He taught me how to understand what I believe. So I really understand what's coming from me and why mm-hmm. I would believe something the way I did. And because when Eric brings information through, it's I guess the best way to explain is there's nothing attached to it. So when I've got a a thought or an answer, I can feel the difference between myself 
and something that's attached, like a, um, let's say, for example, somebody was asking the truth about something. If it was me that was feeling it, I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I really want to say it to them this way. I don't want to hurt their feelings. With Eric, it's like, this is how it is. And this is how you need to do it. And it's because of this. Your personality is not attached to the information at all. No, I mean, there's always, what he says to me is there's always a little bit of my humanness there. You know, you were all different. So we do it in a slightly different way, but the more you do it, and it also depends on the person you're channeling with too. Like when I'm with Elisa, Eric is all there because that line between the two of them is so strong and so clear that I get my clearest communication with him. But it's also, you know, through sessions when he pops in and stuff too with people, you know, sometimes he'll come through and I might feel myself. So I'm aware of it, Mm -hmm. but I'm also really hyper aware of hearing, of listening, you know, and of being able to discern that. But that just comes over time with practice. When you say that you can see Eric on camera, can you see him right now? Or are you seeing like an outline? Are you seeing a person? How are you seeing him? I feel like I can make out an outline. Yes. Ed. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Wow. Yeah. He's an outline of a person. He has like a, there's like a thick outline, almost like an auric field around mm-hmm. him. And it's just kind of like wavy material. Like it's right, right. Let's make it right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And Elisa, at this point, after all of these years of doing this, are you able to make a tangible connection with your son, not through a medium like Michelle, or do you still need to go through? I do. I mean, some, mine is more clear cognizance. I mean, it's just like a thought that feels like it's coming out of nowhere. So I know it's not mine. And I talk to him all the time, especially when I'm in my bathtub, but yeah. Do you think a lot of people are confused about the fact that how does it work? Like, are spirits just hanging around waiting to be called? You know, how are they just there, especially when Eric brings through a third party, uh, whether it's somebody who is, you know, that's somebody that everybody would recognize or whoever it is. Are they all just kind of hanging around? Eric. How does that work? Do you want Eric to answer that? Sure. Okay. It, it's up to Michelle. He says, yeah, he, he says, hi. He's just, he's saying hi to you too. And um, he's winking at you. He's like, he, he's like, I know you. I know. He's like, thanks for, thanks for having me. He's, he's a little bit of a flirt because he's telling me how pretty you are. He's like, isn't she pretty? Isn't she pretty? Oh, well, thank you. Oh. So he says that it's like, so when we're talking about, say, the celebrities and mm-hmm. something that, how that works is when a celebrity crosses over, because it's, it's still the will of the celebrity. It's do they want to come forward and speak? So we're not like grabbing them and pulling them in and saying, we want to have an interview with you. There's a a process that happens and Eric says it's like a vibration. So when there's an openness and and most that are crossed over in spirit want to give, they want to share, they want to teach. It's part of their healing and it's part of helping humanity to be able to share that information in whatever way. And there's so many intricate different reasons as to why they do that. And mm-hmm. so what Eric is saying is that it's vibrational. Everything is vibrational. So just think of it this way, you know, with your loved ones, with celebrities, who, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. He says, sometimes they're close and nearby, 
and they know because they can feel and sense when there's communication or an opening Mm -hmm. to have communication. So if you're setting up a session with a medium or you're having setting that intention, that intention makes a vibrational shift. It makes a shift in the field, which allows them to come in and respond. And he says, think of it like having a pager, like a beeper, you've got a beeper, like a text message. And so when you set that intention, that text message goes through, that beeper goes through and they're like, oh, looks like it's time for a conversation. I can have a conversation because it's then an opening for them to be able to communicate, which is actually easier for them than trying to get our attention on their own and have a conversation. Got it. Okay. Everything is energy, right? Sorry. And everything, almost everything is on the electromagnetic spectrum. We Mm -hmm. are in a tiny little place called the visible range, right? So when, when people lose a child, for example, we're energy too. I mean, matter, Einstein Mm -hmm. called frozen light. Our energetic vibration goes so far down. It's at the lower end of the visible range of the spectrum and here's our loved one. They're vibrating at a much higher frequency. And so they have a lot of a hard time getting that far down. That's why we say I'm depressed or I feel so low, et cetera. That's vibration, the frequency on the electromagnetic spectrum. And, you know, it's hard to see, just like it's hard to see hummingbird wings in flight. So, yeah, I don't know why I brought that up, but it's science behind all of this. I think that. What's so interesting that what I've learned from Eric is that everything is vibrational and energetic here too, but we're dealing with time and space and matter and these physical bodies. And we're also dealing with, tell me if I'm correct, some level of amnesia about what it's like over there or how things really work. We're kind of stuck in an illusion or almost like in a dream. And so it's very hard, no matter how many times you hear from people, you know, it's all energy. If you set your intention on something, it's the law of attraction. It's so hard to reconcile that with what our five senses tell us. Mm -hmm. So can Eric explain how to make that a little bit easier on us who are over here? How can we use that energy to our advantage, even when we're dealing with like matter and time and space and, and all of that? Well, he says, you know, first of all, he says, like what you said about intention, he says, the biggest thing that creates a density aside from amnesia is he says, it's your belief system. So you have to start there with your belief system. He says, you know, how were you raised? Um, What was your family upbringing? Um, What does society tell you? What do you truly believe about that? He goes, you have to start there. And you have to really start in creating that intention of where you have been to where you are headed. He goes, and then also understand, he's like, mom said it about the um, hummingbird wings. He says, understand that just because you can't see us doesn't mean that we're not there. He says, think about the radio. He says, think about listening to music. He says, you can be anywhere and you can turn it on. You can tune into a station and you can hear the music. He goes, but are you seeing the radio waves? Are you seeing them moving all in front of you? He goes, of course not but it's still there. And he says, so the way that spirit is and understanding, he says, we're focused. We can tune into time and space to where you are. And you have to understand that you're like a, like the the tuner, like the dialer, and you can dial into any station and we're located 
our vibration, our connection is located with these different stations. So when you work with your vibration, with your energy, and he goes, and that comes from understanding who you are, what you believe in. It comes from healing yourself. It comes from understanding your core beliefs. And he Mm -hmm. says, and there's a lot that we could go into with that, but he goes, but when you do that, then you start to raise that vibration. Then you start to be able to reach frequencies and tune in and dial into frequencies that are beyond the five senses. And he says, but also understand, he says, everything that you have right now, you are still tuning in. He says, but it's what you're paying attention to. And he says that the time and space, he says, understanding about past, present, and future. He says, where spirit is, where connection is, is in the present. It's where we are right now. He says, our mind, which is part of our physicality, that Mm -hmm. goes back into the past. That's into something that's already been existing. And he's speaking in, in physical terms. And then our mind will project from something in the past into the future. So everything that is, our six senses, our turning into the divine, into spirit is in the current. It's in right now. So it's practicing being present in this now moment. And for people who don't understand this, and I don't always understand this, where is Eric right now? And where are all of our loved ones that have crossed over who are currently in spirit? Where are they? Are they here, but we're just not perceiving them because they're on a different energetic frequency? Or are they physically someplace else? Well, he says everything exists in the same. He says we we are projected differently. We're seeing differently. He actually says where he is located, he says to understand in linear terms for our understanding, is he says our loved ones are about four inches off the ground. And he gives I remember he said that. Mm -hmm. Yes. In a in sort of a parallel dimension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he says he says it's like this. He goes, we can focus and and be in an environment or a space that is different, but we're actually existing all in the same space. He goes, so this, he's having me do this with my arms. He's like, you do this. He goes, you're actually not in dead air. That's not dead air. He goes, there's so much going on in this space. And he says, you know, when you see, and he's like, when you see a movie and you see a spirit, he goes, spirits often float. He goes, how high do they float? about four inches off the ground. He goes, why do you think that is? I was just going to say that. Why is it that in old ghost stories, you, you Mm -hmm. always hear about ghosts floating Mm -hmm. because their, their so-called ground is about four inches above ours. That's right. And he said, that's that's also why many people that have um, sightings and they say, I saw my loved one come into my bedroom and they were like moving like this, but I couldn't see their feet. Or I couldn't mm-hmm. see the bottom. And he says, that's why it's just wow. the way that it's structured. I think I remember him saying that there are infinite number of dimensions mm-hmm. close to and that they are swirled into each other. Kind of like the frozen yogurt, you know, I want a chocolate vanilla swirl kind of thing. So, wow. so here's the other thing that people often think about that maybe Eric can help with. And I think that you guys have joked about this, or I know, Lisa, I think you have in past videos on your channel, but people will often say things like, well, I, you know, I hope my dead parents or grandparents or whoever aren't watching me uh, in the shower or making love or on the toilet or, you know, (laughs) 
that I remember. Yeah. I don't what think does Eric have to say about that? <laughs> he says, you mean we don't? We don't? He goes, of course. <laughs> no, he's just joking. He's joking. He says, think of it this way. Um, there are, and he's speaking, there are, there are energies that are earthbound that say are not crossed and, and mm-hmm. they can move in and out of spaces that may interfere with your privacy. But he says, you know, there's many things that you can do with your free will to be able to protect that space and that privacy. But he goes for your loved ones, for, you know, for spirits that are crossed and your angels and your guides. He says, we really don't. That's not an interest. That's not really. He says, it's not really a focus. He says, do we communicate with you in the bathroom? Do we communicate with you in the shower? And he says, Michelle, you know all about that. And I do. He communicates with me in the shower the best. That is my my favorite time to talk to him. But that's because. I'm relaxed. I'm alone. Nobody's bothering me. I'm clear. But is he looking? No, it's not like that. He often shows me that the the way that they're looking at us is like seeing our orc field, like seeing oh. our essence oh, and not okay. necessarily our physicality, although they can. They okay. can perceive that. Interesting. Because, you know, that's something that people joke around about. I don't know if you've heard people say things like that, but I get asked that all the time. Okay. (laughs) What is the most effective way? And I don't know if uh, maybe, Elisa, you've gained some knowledge from speaking to so many different mediums, but what is the most effective way for people in the flesh to communicate and just simply I guess, talk to or bear, bear their soul to a loved one that is crossed over who they miss and just want to talk to? Is there a specific way to do it? Everybody, I'm sure, does it differently. But, you know, first of all, you have to recognize that they are totally aware of your every thought. You don't have to say anything out loud. They hear everything. And so just communicate with them. One good way is to you know, set a little tea uh, have a little time and, you know, set a little cup of tea and some crackers and pretend like mm-hmm. you're talking to them across the table. Another one I, I like that's really rudimentary is the hand game. It's where you acknowledge one hand as yes and one hand as no. And you ask just simple yes or no questions and see which one you get any sort of change in sensation, like coldness or numbness or tingling and warmth. It could be anything. If you don't feel anything, then you could just say, make it stronger, make it stronger, make it stronger. And of course you can say yes or no questions using your own body, right? Uh, Show me your yes. And your body goes forward or backwards and show me your no. And you can do the same with the pendulum. So there's all sorts of ways. And the Chandler Eric blog has a numerous post under the category communication with spirit or something like that. Okay. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods 
food-sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Firstly, I want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this podcast. Athletic Greens has a product called AG1 that I have been using literally every morning. When I start my morning with AG1 drink first thing before my coffee or my morning smoothie, it's a whole different ballgame. So I wake up in the morning. As soon as I get down to the kitchen, I put in a scoop of AG1 into my water. I stir it up. I drink it down. It's a few seconds out of my morning, and I just feel so much more energetic than I did before. I get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens all in one drink. I feel like I'm starting my day on the right foot, and it's a good feeling to know that you're starting your day by being kind to yourself. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, and I respect their company values. Athletic Greens is a climate-neutral certified company. They also stay on the cutting edge of nutritional research, which is super important to me. AG1 is the single greatest thing you can do for your body in under 60 seconds. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews. Again, it's athleticgreens.com forward slash Allison Interviews to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And what does, I guess Eric can answer this, what is life, I guess in quotes, life like when you are in spirit what and i know that there's no days there's no months there's no years but what is life like exactly what are relationships like what is life like and what goes on he says that um and because it, it varies cuz the experience of life after life for a soul for a spirit is very different from one to the next depending on you know who they are and what they're doing he says, think of it as, and this might be hard for us to kind of put our brain into, but he goes, think of there not really being the understanding of past and future and think of it as one experience to the next, just melting okay. into one experience to the next. He says, things are very instant. So where we is, find on earth where there's this um, waiting period, there's waiting mm -hmm. periods, waiting periods. And he says, like, think of when we're uh, manifesting, we're creating because he says it's all creation. We, our life on earth is creation, and our life when we graduate from earth is creation. But there's no 
waiting for creation. So when we're experiencing past our physicality, he says it's like a thought. It's like instant, instant. So he says, what does that look like? Well, that depends on what it is that we're doing. He says he has many instants that he experiences at one time. So he's like, that's a little. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They can co-create with other spirits too. He talks all about this in in his book. It's just an amazing book. I didn't write it. I just. It was written by Eric and and it was channeled, right? Right. It is, um, you find out everything about death, crossing over, the afterlife, what it's like to be a spirit, what the bark on the tree is like. I mean, what what your abilities are. I mean, just, it's just crazy. I'll put it in the notes and I'll also put it. Oh, my in God. The, it just, the it leaves, there's no mystery to death of the afterlife after you read that book. And a lot of people are so sad after they re- finish reading it because they, they finished it. Um and very often, Eric, if you, unless you say no, will actually prank the reader at some point. So, yes, cool. he, yes, he will. He will. And that was my very first experience with Eric. My first very tangible experience was with that book. Okay. So it was reading the book and then you got pranked? Yeah. What was the prank? He was, I got the book for Christmas Day and, you know, my, my kids were all opening their gifts and it was all busy Christmas morning and I was sitting in the chair and I'm already flipping through first few pages and just like, you know, right into it. And mm-hmm. I had my, my cell phone was on my side of my chair and there was a cursor, like cell phones don't have cursors like laptops or computers do. Right. And I look right. over at my phone and it lights up and there's a cursor moving oh. all around my phone. I'm like, that's really weird. And I'm like, okay, Eric, if that's you, give me a really big sign. Like I'm talking like angels, big sign, big sign. Elise has heard this a million times, but that night, we, my parents lived next door. And so we went and had Christmas dinner next door. And of course, I've got the book with me. I'm carrying it over to my parents with dinner and everything. Every chance I get, I just kept writing it because I was just so enthralled with it. But so after dinner, we're coming back home. And I had just gone through cancer treatment that year. And so I was like, I was healing and, and getting better and everything. And uh, I'm walking across the lawn. And all of a sudden, all of these cars start coming around our court, like one after another, and they were all parking in front of our house. And I'm by myself holding a box of stuff coming back in from Christmas dinner. I'm like, what is going on? They all get out with like little angel books, angel wing things and start singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, like singing it to me. So I got my angels, but they were a choir that were serenading me. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Things progressed from there, but yeah. On the other end of the phone call pranking, I remember um, one medium in India, very shy, kind of very prudish. She very commonly would have this client that wanted to ask all sorts of stuff about the afterlife and spirits. And the topic then was about sex and can, can spirits vicariously enjoy sex when we're, when humans are having it. And all of a sudden, her phone over here is saying, the nearest sex addiction clinic is blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it, was one of those, it was one of those phones where you have to push the button to get Siri to talk. So that was funny. It really that embarrassed is- her. And he meant to embarrass her, of course. That is hilarious. Yes, cute. So with the manifestation over there, is it like if I was over there and I was like, gee, I'd love to be skiing in the Swiss Alps right now. Like, 
is that it, would I just be instantly there? He says, but before, because the thought, even the thought has no like step by step to it. So it's like, as soon as that desire, as soon as that desire comes forward, that desire can be created. So, so it's, I'm, it's then I would instant. just find myself there, just yeah. teleport. Yes. And he says, and, and so, um, he says, cause there's going to be people asking like, are these places just yours or are they shared by others? And he says, there are these creations that are shared by others. So there's collective, collective energy that goes into it. So they're actually like, he says like communities. And he says that the way that you can understand, he says about the bark, he's commenting about what Lisa was saying. He says, when mom was talking about the bark, he says, it's, there's life to everything. Things are alive. He says, um, that is really sad, yeah. the, the colors, the, um, everything is coming to life. The way that grass moves, he says, everything has life to it. So it's like, he says, earth, like a hundred times and alive. And also there's, I think you remember him saying that buildings, some of the buildings, maybe all of them, I don't know, are actually made of spirits or mm-hmm. something like that. So mm-hmm. it's really fascinating. Wow. But yeah, you know, if you if you constantly think about a beach, if there are different spirits thinking about beaches and going surfing, et cetera, then that sort of stays in reality uh, as long as the thought is driving that quantum probability. You know, you think and then that thought creates instantly in the spirit world, of course, which is kind of like what happens here. Right. Yeah. We have a collective consciousness create something whether it's whether it's even even the pandemic it's it's like a, a collective consciousness right that that creates it but we don't really quite get it like we don't put two and two together why don't we put two and two together over here so that we could get our act together and and stop being so destructive i think well, we're still in the remedial class i can speak for myself so yeah. no he says oh. he says that's true he says because we're we're in an evolutionary process of that and he says and that's that's changing but that's exactly what he was starting to say when you said mm-hmm. it. he was commenting about the relation to how we put our minds together, or put our intention together here. But he says, remember that what we're heading towards, as he says, uh, is more light. Everybody's creating more light and more light is more powerful than darkness. And the reason why is because darkness is singular. It's thinking of the self and light is connection. And he says, so we are moving to that reality but it is taking time because he says this does take that process of physicality that we're going through through chaos you know we're going through a lot of chaos now yeah it's like tearing down old structures so that we can pave the way to building a a new world and now we're in the Aquarius age where that's supposed to be happening where we're supposed to not be in the consciousness of polarity of contrast Mm -hmm. where where we survival of the fittest and you know, to survive, I have to be this person, but it's unity consciousness where we collaborate in order to survive and thrive. Can Eric, maybe there's a some hope for a light at the end of the tunnel. When are we going to, when is humanity going to get the memo that, that greed ultimately leads to our self-destruction? I mean, will that, I don't think that'll happen in our lifetime or will it? I don't know. You said, you know, um, we're already on a stretch of it happening more and more, but you have to remember that he says the way that things look right now is we see it as chaos and destruction because he says of what mom said of there having to be that nature of things crumbling down. He said that humanity has been in a space of fear 
for such a long time that fear is being replaced with awareness. He says, is that possible within our time? Of course it is, because it is. Yeah, there's only fear and love and, and fear and this many facets include greed and hatred and anger and anxiety. And, and then there's love, which is everything else that's good. And I think the first step humanity needs to take is to realize that there are, those are the only two things and you have to make a choice. Do you want to choose to live in fear or do you want to choose to live in love? And when the collective lives in fear, that's why the pandemic gets worse and mm-hmm. it hits the fan. I mean, because, you know, so many have chosen to live in fear. I don't know why. Yeah. Why, Eric? Why do people, is it easier to live in fear? Why? Well, because he says that generationally speaking, you know, we've gone through thousands and thousands of years being in the cycle of fear. And he says, and mom, everything is cycles and we get accustomed to it. It gets comfortable. Fear becomes something that we can expect. We start to think that this is what we've experienced before. We can expect this. It's like um, that old saying of what next, what next? And Mm. so it's Mm. more difficult for us to then think about love because love then tends to be that bigger step. It's harder to take that step. That's why it's necessary for us to keep taking small steps forward as a collective. Okay. That makes so much sense. That fear is the default setting because it's, it's more comfortable and it sounds so crazy, but it feels safer to people than stepping out in, in to love. Love people feel vulnerable mm-hmm. and we've got this misconception that society's taught us maybe over the years, some centuries that living life with an open heart, this vulnerability is like cowardice. It's a weakness right. and it's not true. Being yeah. vulnerable, opening your heart to others with the simple things like apologizing, if you, you know, upset somebody or whatever, it's actually, you know, a a position of strength and courage. So that's another thing I I wish that humanity as a whole and individually would understand that it is so cool to be vulnerable. It is strong, it's strength, you know? Mm -hmm. 100% agree. Yeah. So I want to ask Eric where I know, obviously I know that his work is teaching through this, through the channeling Eric platform, but what is his, does he have any other work on the other side that he is devoting his energy to? Well, he says if he were to give himself like a a subject, he says, well, he himself as a soul is evolving, but he says he's evolving through work with humanity he's helping humanity as a whole gain courage and awareness. And he says that his biggest platform is what he works with individually with his mother, which is connected to service. And he also says um, the service connected to healers, teachers, uh, any mediums, he goes really anybody connected to service, but particularly in connecting to spiritual senses, because he says, that spider webs out into the rest of the collective. And he's very passionate about working very closely with those that are looking to grow themselves. Okay. Does he pick certain people or is it just more the collective? He says that sometimes there are, um, he's putting everyone into groups. So sometimes there's those in the collective that will be reached through others so 
he has a way of being able to envision and and with the help of other souls collaborating with them to be able to reach larger groups like say through the vehicle of 10 people it can reach this larger group but when it comes to say working more with individuals a lot of those that he works with are he has contracts with he has Hmm. agreements with to work with interesting yeah he seems to take a lot of up-and-coming mediums and healers, I guess, but mostly mediums, from what I understand, under his wing, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, and sort of trains that helps them hone their skill, hone their skill, wow. confidence in their skills. Mm-hmm. And, and Elisa, anybody could just ask Eric for help, and he's there. I mean, yes. Wow. So you're saying, like, if anybody, the, is he still connected to the name Eric Medus? Does he still identify with that name from over probably, there? Probably for me, he does. He, he, he does. Um, he says, I mean, we're all, all of us are greater than our name. Our, mm-hmm. our name is, and our name is connected to our personality on earth. But the thing is, is with Eric, is that there's a very large collective energy with his name because of what he is doing, what he and Elisa are doing, what channeling Eric are doing. So for him, there's a very strong vibration with his name. So does he identify with it? He says no, because egoically that that part of him is more connected to his life uh, in the physical, but he has a, he's going to say it like a, a love for it. Okay. Or like a love for it. And he identifies with that love because that connects him to his family on earth and his family through channeling Eric and the greater whole with that name. Is it almost like when any of us that are here sit down and maybe look at our baby pictures or old family photos and kind of like reminisce like, Oh, well, that's, you know, is it that type of feeling? That's a good analogy. That's a good analogy. He says, yes, because there is all of those good feelings. He says, especially think about when, you might open up your photo album and dust it off a bit and see, you know, your birthday party from when you were five years old. And it gives you those warm feelings. And, oh, yeah, I remember that. That was my favorite toy. He goes, yeah, yeah. That, that's okay. a very good analogy for it. Makes sense. Thank you. And Elisa, do you feel like this was Eric's purpose the whole time? That his purpose was to go through what he went through on Earth to cross over the way he did and to ultimately be what he is now to so many people? Or do you yeah. think it just was kind of like, this is just kind of how things played out? No, I, I do believe because looking back, well, not even looking back, I always knew Eric was just special. I love all my kids, obviously they're special in their own way, but I never heard him say anything, hurl a personal insult at anyone. He could get angry. He would never take them down. And he also was a magnet for, for strays. I mean, he'd go to Starbucks and probably the bum smokes because he didn't, his mom didn't want to, I didn't want to shorten his life by smoking. <laughs> anyway, but people would be drawn to him. He'd invite him to sit down, whether they had smokes or not. And they mm-hmm. would pour their life story out to Eric. And he would say, come on, dude, we'll take you home. My mom's going to cook dinner for you. <laughs> Thanks for a lot. But he, he would take in, lonely people strays and when we looked at his facebook messages it was like until they memorialize it 
Hey, so-and-so, I hear you're having a hard time. Do you want me to come and sit with you for a while? Things like that. It was just incredible. And yet he was so young. I mean, his, because his departure was, was when he was 20, right? So he, I mean, you would think a person wouldn't necessarily have that kind of empathy and compassion during those selfish years, right? When most people are. He always loved women too. Even when he was four years old, "Uh, your hair is so pretty. I love your dress. He was just very respectful of women, especially he was a flirt though, even when he was little. Mm-hmm. I remember he sat in my my husband's mother's lap, Bestimur, his grandmother, and he said, nice boobs, Bestimur. <laughs> oh God. And I remember <laughs> the at the same time he was trying to teach her some English words. Mm-hmm. So he'd say, well, what color is the whatever? Well, it's such and such color. And then he asked, well, what color is your butt? And she didn't know what that meant. So she said, green. He says, your butt is green? Festival? <laughs> I, got a, I got a lot of funny Eric stories, I swear. Oh, Here's another sense of a story of compassion. I homeschooled him and he was like five. And every Thursday we would go to we'd do a, just a field trip. So we went to the vet and the vet tech took him to the back and blah, blah, blah. Showed him everything and came upon this this jar with a cat heart in it with all sorts of worms coming out. So she was talking about the cat had heartworm. It's because the people did not give him heartworm. Oh, man. And he looked so concerned at that jar. And he said, did she make it? (laughs) Your heart is in a jar. It probably did not end well, Eric. (laughs) Yes, Is there such a thing, because I've read this, and I guess Eric could answer this, that we all come in, in each lifetime with certain life themes. And like, is there such a thing as a mystical traveler and a, oh God, I can't remember the other one, where there are some life themes where you actually come here in the flesh as almost like a, a teacher or, or an angel or somebody who came here to teach great numbers of people and maybe not here to stay for a long time. It was, they were meant to have a, a brief time, but they were here to teach humanity something. Yes, uh, Eric says, absolutely. Um, he says uh, a lot of us, he says, not only incarnating as angels, uh, different planets, and he says, there's always a theme. He says each one of us that projects ourselves into the physical body, there's something that we are able to bring back, something that we are, he said, expanding our own consciousness and soul that then, you know, has a, a greater expansion to. But he says there are some that will come here that come here with a very loose blueprint, meaning that. They may have a theme and he says they may be here more for experiences or like you said that they're teaching. And actually he's giving me an example. Um, we did one not that long ago. Gabby Petito was oh, one. Yeah. Yes, yes. Right. That she uh was gonna come here to have a short life. That was something that was already part of her her theme, he says, so to speak. But he says there are still things that she brought back with her. He goes, so because there will always be something that's brought back. That's brought back to spirit? Yes. It's brought okay. back into your, um, the way he's showing it to me is when we bring back our lessons, no matter what they are, 
it's like we're bringing them back through. He shows me all of these little molecules that join in with all of these. They look like fireflies and they come all in with the rest of the fireflies. You're bringing all these experiences back. And this, he says, creates the collective field, the collective field we can all tap into. So he says, because we're all one, all of these experiences that every soul has, he says, when we understand that we're able to tap into this energy and we work towards doing that, it's a matter of reaching for it. He goes, that's why you'll always hear. You'll always have what you need in the moment that you need it. If you keep yourself present and open and trust and tap into it, it will all be available to you. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. And what can he share with people about when people like Gabby Petito or when people make an early physical departure out of this life, because you always hear things like if somebody crosses over early in life, let's say if they're in their childhood, teens, twenties, thirties, even maybe early forties, you hear their life was cut short. Their life was taken from them, stolen from them. They didn't get a chance to really live. You hear all of those things. Is there such a thing? Like what do people need to know about people who make early physical departures? He says it's, it's not about the quantity. It's not about the length of time. It's about the quality of what was experienced. He says, when you look at a child that leaves this earth at five years old, and that child was the most compassionate, loving old soul that brought so much joy to, to every single person that they connected with. He mm-hmm. says that child lived each and every day and every moment with pure happiness and smiled through all the pain that they experienced. He says, if you concentrate on those real intangible things, that's a life well lived. Yeah. That's a life that was given all of the properties and all of the values that we really do come here to have. And so he says from spirit perspective and understanding in our physical body and in our life that if we can take a moment and look at the quality, if we can take a moment and really look at what the life provided, not only for that soul, but for all those around them and go into the love and the gratitude of that, then we can also understand that it's not about length of time. He says somebody could live on earth and live a hundred years and have it be a miserable hundred years, Mm -hmm. you know? Okay. And do either of you, because this happened to me during lockdown and I never fully lost it, which I'm happy about that something shifted in me because we didn't have too many things to do. And my only recreation really was going for walks in my community, like in 2020, I started to see the world, the earth as very magical. So I'd go outside and I'd take a walk and I would just, stare at the blue sky and the white fluffy clouds and I'd look at the grass and I'd look at the way a tree or a flower was blowing in the wind and it almost was like I was just born into this earth and I was seeing these things for the first time and it was a beautiful magical transformative experience I almost feel like I would probably sound like a crazy person if I said that to most people like look at the sky look at the grass you know but Is that really how we're supposed to live? Are we supposed to just feel like, oh my God, we're living this magical existence. We have like bodies that move and we can, you know, we have all of these things that we can perceive. Is is that how we're supposed to be? The reason for the pandemic, for the collective, it's like, 
finally, many of us learn how to be in present time for one thing, but mm-hmm. I'll let Eric expound on that. He just said what you've experienced is, is an awakening and an awakening is many different stages of it. And he talks about when we've all shifted and we've shifted to be able to experience the truth of our existence, that it is magical, that it mm-hmm. is amazing, that it is beautiful, that all of these cells that make up us and how magnificent we are and what's available to us. He says, that is what's happening. And what's challenging for many people is that's true too. He says, what's challenging, but what is the value of 2020 is that it was a very much going inside and personal thing. What's happening now is that going inside and feeling that magic is now starting to connect out to other people. We're starting to unite those feelings with other people and to share those things. But he says, that is our true existence. That is the truth of who we are, is magic, is joy, is love, is euphoria. And he says, what you had there was um, stepping into new earth. Was like wow, wow. So I, because I wonder when I hear about the new Earth thing, I'm like, will I be one of the people, or will I be left behind in the old crowd? He says you already are. He says it's a consciousness. You already are. (laughs) So, is there anything else that you guys would like to share? Oh, actually, Michelle, what is your website address so that people can find you? It is thehealingheart.com. So it's the the healing and then it's h-art.com okay and for channeling eric people just couldn't go to youtube and just put in channeling eric and the blog is the blog channeling eric.com yeah and it's eric with a k but also eric, eric and i do scalar energy healing so mm-hmm. you can go to atlantisscalar.com for that we use scalar energy a scalar energy machine and an intense script etc to like help with cancer and autism and bring in abundance of wealth and all sorts of different things. What does that machine do exactly? Well, scalar energy is not on the electromagnetic spectrum. It is informational energy. It's, it's the same kind of energy we use when we think that's the thought and that Reiki just healers use and it will carry information. Okay. And it's helical, just like DNA is helical and informational. And it will, mm-hmm. if I, put in the, usually my scripts are like 14, 20 pages long. If I put for the age reversal, all the senescent cells in so-and-so's body are, are destroyed and removed. All the wrinkles, all the telomeres, blah, blah, blah. I put all that information in the scalar machine and it carries that information to, all I need is the full legal name and the physical address and it takes it to him. Oh, I, wow. I started that because my, one of my relatives who I adore announced to everyone that he had two types of terminal cancer. And that was, you know, years ago now. And, you know, I, I've been working on destroying the DNA of the cancer, blocking out the blood flow. I mean, all sorts of things in that script and he's doing great. So um, th- that's why I researched. I did not want this guy to die because we all love him so much. He's so awesome. So I just researched, researched, found scalar energy, learned about it, got the transmitter and receiver. And, you know, I, First started on my family, like I did it on Lucas without him knowing. And the thing is, <laughs> it, opens up, it opens up portals that are supposed to be open in your energy. So okay. that abundance and creativity and stream of consciousness can flow through. And the next day he got a call. He was making like $13 an hour or whatever. And they called him and said, hey, we're going to send you to California. You're going to make $28,000 a month. So Shut up. I are know. 
And this one lady, I did it on her because we were trying to get rid of this negative entity. I have a picture. She found it in her, on a selfie and she freaked out. There's this thing behind her, evil looking thing. So we worked on her and three days later, she got a check from some distant relative for $75,000. It's crazy. That is so crazy. Okay. And my other daughter, I did it on her. She made the highest step, uh, whatever, two, three score medical school uh, in the nation, much higher than her practice tests. So, And this is just through you're speaking it, like you're speaking it into, explain the process. Well, there's, it's more than that. There's the cliff notes. Yeah. I read the intent script several times, but I also have it in the scalar field and and I, okay. I, there's also a certain thing called the acrylic phase. It's it's really complicated, actually. Wow. And I really have to know a lot about anatomy and physiology and all that. And anyway, Eric helps me pick the frequencies. Okay. So this frequency, stay there. That many times, a length of time, et cetera. So anyway, so AtlantisScalar.com. Say it again. Atlantis, like the lost city mm-hmm. of Atlantis. Scalar, S-C-A-L-A-R. It's Tesla. Okay. One of the people that discovered it. And uh, I mean, we have uh, teachers who have called parents to say that, I don't know, but your kid's autism is getting better. It's going away when we do the autism relief from autism thing. So it's, I have to pinch myself sometimes. It's amazing. But anyway, I work so closely with with Eric, which is great because I so miss him. And it's so nice to really be in lockstep with him every day, hours and hours upon hours. Amazing. And I want to actually wrap it up by asking that question that I love so much to both of you. And I'll even ask it of Eric too. So Alisa, what do you think you came into this life to learn? And what do you think you came here to teach? I came here to teach the power of love, how it's so powerful at transmuting energy. And I also, I think I came here to learn how to accept love. I think, I don't know, maybe Eric can verify that. Okay. Well, Eric, is it, is she on the right track? <laughs> yeah. He says, yeah, he goes, there's, there's quite a few things, but that's a biggie. That's oh, a I got biggie. a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and Michelle, what do you think you came into this life to learn and then to teach? I would say acceptance, acceptance and acceptance of uniqueness and vulnerability definitely for myself and teaching that to others as well most definitely and what did eric come into this life as his last life as eric medus to learn and to teach i guess while he was here um he says uh two things that he's going to bring out is he says that one is purpose that he his life searching for purpose for mm-hmm. himself and that he helps others find their purpose he teaches that but also he's saying loneliness um knowing that we're not alone he says that that's something that he's helping to teach and to teach that we're not alone here in life and that we're not alone in connection with those that have crossed over, that we're never alone. Beautiful. That's a beautiful way to end the, the interview. I want to thank you guys so much for doing this. I have to tell you, 
I was excited and nervous. I mean, cause this was a really special conversation to me and I can't awesome. wait to share it. Thank you for having us. Thank yeah, you, thank you for having us. We're honored. Thank you Aww. for being the light worker that you are girl. Yes. Oh, likewise. Says, Eric says you're such a service light worker. He says you're a networker. Yep. Oh, a networker. thank you. I yeah, try. He says that you're an earth angel and you're connected oh. to the project unity. Yeah. The project in unity. Is that something project I can Google? Project earth or project unity? Project unity. Okay. Then that means your guardian angel was, I think, Ariel. Guardian angel Ariel. She's one of the big ones. Yes. Wow. I feel yes. so important. Yes. <laughs> you are. You are. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank Eric. You. This, this was so beautiful. And I can't wait for this to come out. And I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 So I hope you guys listened, whether you're listening or watching to this episode, I hope you guys listened and or watched with an open mind and open heart and an open spirit to really take in these beautiful gifts and this beautiful information from a beautiful spirit, Eric Medus. This story and the, the YouTube channel channeling Eric has really touched my heart. I am such a like mega fan. <laughs> I was like totally fangirling out, which is it's like so funny, but I, I totally was. But anyway... Let me know what you guys think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. If you're listening, leave me a review. Let me know what you think of this particular episode. And I hope that this episode actually causes you to ask yourself some pretty deep questions. And maybe, who knows, maybe this is something you've been studying for a long time like me, or maybe this is the first step on your spiritual journey. Maybe this episode awakened something in you. So whatever this episode brought to you, whether it was just something of passing interest or whether it caused you to want to learn more or even if you're a skeptic and you're sort of like well I don't know who knows what this is really about you know what that's fine like no judgment take from it what you will and I just hope that it was a beautiful experience for you either way and again if you want to learn more you can follow channeling Eric that's Eric with a K on YouTube if you want to know more about medium Michelle Gray she is amazing at what she does you can visit her at thehealingheart.com that's the healing h dash art.com and I hope you guys have a beautiful beautiful day Mwah.